0: Well, here we are. And we are inspired by the daily effort humanity makes to not spoil the wordle for everyone
1: else. This is Well, Here We Are, a kind of weekly podcast which explores the ways pop culture and the humanities matter for our daily lives by distilling them into lists of three ish things. In this week's episode, We are exploring the pop culture of 25 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) We are going in search of a new trash movie favorite. Together, we watch the 1996 John Woo feature, Broken Arrow, and ask ourselves is it fun trash, straight up trash, or indefensible trash? And most importantly, is it now our trash? I'm Hannah. And I'm
0: Suzanne. Before we get into Broken Arrow, Hannah, you and I have yet to discuss Wordle in any depth or detail. (laughs) Yes. Do you have a defined strategy for how you approach your your Wordle
1: situation? I usually like to start out with a word that has like most of the most common letters. But do you start with the same word every day? No. No, I don't.
0: I wake up and like let the Wordle muses speak to me. Yeah, I do too. What is the word that... That will be starting today.
1: Yeah. And then depending on how that goes, sometimes I just choose an entirely new set of letters for the second. It just depends.
0: Today I started with the word dream. Whoa. I started with dream yesterday, I think. We are the same. Yeah. (laughs) That's one. I've used that word and I've used light um, light. a few times.
1: Today I started with stare, S-T-A-R-E.
0: And I yep. got it in two. So basically, you're a genius. I'm a wordle prodigy. Well, before I crown you a genius officially, <laughs> was it your bright idea that we watched this movie or was that my bright idea?
1: It was definitely your bright idea. Please share with me and our listening audience of 50 to 100 people <laughs> how you how you landed on
0: Broken Arrow. Well, like we had discussed maybe watching each other's trash favorites. But then we were a little worried that if we hated each other's trash movie favorites, which if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. We talk about Con Air and From Justin to Kelly and some sort of shark movie situation. (laughs) Jason Statham features very heavily. But yeah, I think we were both a little worried that we would – accidentally roast something that we hold very near and dear to the other person's hearts. So we decided instead maybe it would be better for us to meet on a neutral territory, which is a movie that neither one of us was familiar with. I went searching to, when I went searching to go watch this movie, I had to fully type out Broken Arrow because at no point was the Hulu algorithm like, yeah, this is a movie based on anything else you've watched that we would suggest you watch. And I so I was like, hey, is, is Broken Arrow like that seems to fit? And I think you said something about, oh yeah, the most Nicolas Cage movie to not have Nicolas Cage movie in it. Like, yeah, let's let's watch Broken Arrow.
1: Before I get into what I thought of this movie, my number one disappointment with this and 90% of all movies is the lack of <laughs> Nicolas Cage.
0: I could not disagree with you more. <laughs>
1: Which is also true of most people's (laughs) feeling about my feeling. I am like number one Nicolas Cage movie fan.
0: So this is a new movie for you? Had you seen this before? Never seen it. Only seen the cover. And it looks like the face-off cover. It really does look like the face-off cover. I think I saw this when it came out. But that was, like you said, 25 years ago. As we were watching this, I was like, are we just doing an episode of how did this get made? But I don't think we are. Really, the the question we are trying to answer is not how did this get made and just like a needless roast of the movie, but a has this movie now been propelled into the upper echelons of the highest compliment, which is a trash (laughs) movie favorite?
1: I would go ahead and answer, yes, it's trash, but whether (laughs) or not it's a trash favorite... (laughs)
0: You're going to you're going to (laughs) slowly reveal over the course of the podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm still processing some of my own feelings about whether or not it's a potential trash favorite. So Mm -hmm. maybe by the end of this conversation, I will have arrived at a conclusion.
0: After I watched it, I will say that one of my first thoughts was I need to watch this movie again, but I need to watch it with people. And I need specifically Hannah to be one of those people.
1: Okay, yeah, that, that we should do that. Cause it feels, because I also felt like I need to watch it again.
0: Because it feels like one of those movies that gets better and funnier
1: the more you watch it. Yes, yes. Yeah. We should get into our thoughts before we get into our conclusions. Okay, before maybe. we
0: get into our conclusions and our thoughts, do you want to try to orient our readers to this film that was <laughs> produced 25 years ago? And do we issue spoilers for a movie that that is older than some of our listeners i i don't
1: know guys we're going to tell you what happens in the movie if you (laughs) don't want to hear then pause go watch and then come back they are america's first line of defense best of friends ready captain snap of the earth here we go fierce competitors very nicely done almost as good as me ready to protect our nation against any threat carrying the nukes you love having the power of god at your fingertips not tonight buddy but what if the enemy is one of them what the hell are you doing we got pilots down we got ourselves a broken arrow. A broken what? It's what we call it when we lose a nuclear weapon. I don't know what's scarier, losing nuclear weapons, or that it happens so often there's actually a term for it. The only thing more dangerous than what he knows. They believe they've got an exposed core. They gotta send in a nuclear emergency search team. By the time they find us, we'll be we gone. Is what he's prepared to do. $250 million by 0900 Utah time. If you have not... Good God deal is I really don't but there's one thing smile boys we're about to retire he didn't count on I know his mind works you gotta let me go after him outstanding hell that's the spirit would you mind not shooting at the thermonuclear weapons and what are we doing if you enter the wrong code three times the nuke goes dead unless of course I already thought of that ahead of time just activated a nuclear warhead, my friend. We start out with two buddy cops. They're not cops. They're... Air pilots. Force pilots. Yeah. Yeah. They... We get some, like, buddy cop things at the beginning. They're boxing. is gross to watch. I hate boxing. Skip it's that part. And it's Deacons, who's played by John Travolta,
0: yes, and Hale... Nicholas Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and Hale...
1: That is played by Christian Slater. They are sent on a mission, a nighttime mission with two nuclear weapons for reasons that I don't think are fully explained.
0: Okay, no, this is, I, I'm glad you brought this up because, okay. we, because <laughs> the rationale they give is they are concerned that nuclear weapons when they're being flown are producing gamma rays that oh
1: could right. be, I remember them saying gamma yeah that
0: could be picked up by radar ah. and they want to make sure that in the event they need to fly nuclear weapons they will not be detected on radar so they just like take the nuclear weapons out for a drive I mean that's some strong writing right there it, it hits you right at the beginning. Damn, I really hope that that is not the case. That, like, is this just the thing that happens? That, like, much like you put a fussy toddler in your backseat to lull them to sleep, that people out there are just flying jets with nuclear weapons, just, like, taking
1: them for a midnight stroll? Well, one thing that I've learned from movies is that it's actually pretty easy to steal nuclear weapons. So, probably. We are located somewhere in the southwest somewhere. Is it explained where? It's, like... Between Salt Lake City and Denver. While we're out at night taking our nuclear weapons for a walk, <laughs> John Travolta goes rogue and he attempts to murder Christian Slater. I'm sorry, I don't I don't do well with character names. I'm just going to go by the actors' names. He attempts to kill his good friend Christian Slater in an attempt to steal these nuclear bombs and sell them to a, a guy.
0: Who's this guy? Okay, so the guy is not actually buying the weapons. He has financed the operation to steal the weapons, but the way they're going to get the money is by blackmailing the U.S. government. Right. So they're not actually planning to steal the weapons, and or they're not planning to sell the weapons to anyone. They're just going to blackmail the government and then give them back, I guess?
1: What does he say? Stuff about like Switzerland
0: or... That's where their bank accounts are. So they're they're like Swiss... Once the money hits Geneva, then he'll deactivate the nuclear weapons and presumably just give them back to the government. So it's like a reward for a lost pet,
1: except for he stole the pet. And he thinks that he can just take the money and not face consequences, I guess.
0: Yeah, they're going to retire. He says that.
1: Yeah, no, no. I know they're going to retire, but in Switzerland? I know. That's where the bank accounts are. I know. I know. It's (laughs) just like like, in a non-extradition country, presumably. It doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. (laughs) So John Travolta goes rogue. Right. He goes rogue. He fails to murder his BFF, Christian Slater. So now John Travolta has the nuclear weapons he is able to, like, eject the bombs. He ejects himself, and the plane crashes. I just
0: have to say, I was a little concerned by how cavalier they were just dropping nuclear weapons. And they, being were like,
1: they were disarmed. No, yeah, they, they were, were like, but it's, it's fine, fine. It's fine. They're disarmed. Fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Filled with radiation, filled with plutonium. If you don't hit the button, they're, they're pretty much just... It's fine. They're harmless. So John Travolta, a.k.a. Deke... Thinks that Christian Slater, aka Hale, is dead, but little does he know that Hale is alive and kicking. And he meets our token woman in the film. Is she the only woman in this film.
1: I think yes. she. I think she might be. Uh, yes. He he meets. No, nope, the, there's there's a woman at the very beginning inside a tent who we don't see. Oh yes, who gets she murdered? Does get murdered. She, <laughs>
0: But she's there. But she's there, and she has a name. So she almost passes the Bechtel test. So the only woman in this movie, Samantha Mathis, also in the live-action Super Mario Brothers movie, which I almost saw in theaters, but then my brother and my cousin and I got into a fight in the backseat of the car, and my parents (laughs) drove the car away from the movie theater, so I did not watch it in the movie theater.
1: Wow, they actually turned this
0: car around. They actually turned this car around. (laughs) So Samantha Mathis is a park ranger who is packing. She has a gun. And she is going to arrest Christian Slater for some reason that I don't entirely understand. And then they decide to work together. At no attempt, at no point does he try to make contact with a superior officer or let the Pentagon know what's going on. That's, no. Him and his park ranger are going to go get the nuclear bombs. Okay, so they detonate one of the bombs, uh, Samantha, or like they don't, but like John Travolta does to kind of show the U.S. government that he means business and he's not afraid to deactivate to detonate the second bomb. And there's like a slight concern that maybe they have radiation poisoning, but that those fears are quickly assuaged by Christian Slater
1: saying nonsense, saying just not science. But there's, we don't have to worry about it because yeah. you said it was it was in the manual. So it's, it's real. Yeah. They, they escaped via an underground river and I actually Googled, is it possible for water to become radioactive? Because I was like, am I crazy? I'm not crazy. It is possible. Water does become radioactive. Meanwhile, there's also a lot of like going back to the the military base while the the military people in charge are trying to figure things out. It's not helpful. Like none of those scenes give <laughs> really... additional information or no, no. It's just like they figured it out, but that doesn't that doesn't help the plot. But it it does, I guess, introduce some characters of color who are all murdered.
0: Yeah, all murdered. <laughs> they all die. Yeah. There's also something with a twenty dollar bill.
1: Oh yeah. That I couldn't totally. quite couldn't quite track. It goes back to the boxing and the rivalry and it's yeah, like so the twenty dollars bets.
0: John Travolta wins a boxing match, so Christian Slater has to has to pay him twenty dollars. The the part where I was like, what is happening is after Christian Slater was ejected from the plane. I was confused by this because it seemed like
1: they both had the twenty dollars.
0: Yeah, maybe they just always keep $20 with them. (laughs) Which, ladies, if you're going out with your friends, this is actually a really good piece of advice. Always have $20 in cash with you. Christian Slater is ejected from a military aircraft and just reaches into his flight suit and pulls out $20. So does he always have $20 with him, no matter where he goes?
1: I mean, it was the 90s. Maybe A lot they did. People using cash those days. Yeah. <laughs> we get more modes of transportation. We get boats and trains going real fast. Oh, we've I'm
0: hit them all think, then. There's been yeah, planes, I think trains that's...
1: and automobiles and boats and helicopters. <laughs> and he- All 100% of the helicopters in this movie explode. Lots of fights on on trains, so many fights. People die. Everyone Pretty much dies. All the henchmen die, and then we get down to the last big boss, which is John Travolta versus Christian Slater. Did you recognize one of the his like number two henchmen? I didn't recognize him, but he he reminded me of Viggo Mortensen in the not for the hunt, the Hunt for the Red October, the other one, or was it the Hunt for the Red October? Nope, Crimson Tide.
0: His number two, Ke- Kelly, I think is he's the guy who like in the canyon when they found the nuclear weapon. And, oh, yeah, and the military, and he shot—he shot the guy who was trying to deactivate it. That's Howie Long, who you might recognize from Sunday football watching, because he's a former football player who is now a commentator
1: what? on Fox. I know football. exactly who you're talking about. That's Howie Long. That was Howie Long. <laughs> I mean, he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, or did. or not—not not the worst actor in this movie. We go through tunnels. We deep couple the cars. Is that how you say it? Decouple the cars? You take the cars and remove them from the other cars. There's more gas explosions. Uh, Christian Slater is finally able at the very last second to deactivate the nuclear bomb simultaneously killing John Travolta exploding in a gigantic gas fire while being impaled with the nuclear bomb. It's extremely dramatic.
0: And, dare oh I say, iconic. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Also, and Samantha, the park ranger is still around. I
1: don't know yeah. what she
0: is contributing
1: at this point. But she decoupled the cars. She did decouple. But also, I don't know why. She, why is she still there? Because she she had to jump off. It was. It, this was only a matter of seconds, Suzanne. I know it felt like a lifetime. <laughs> okay. No. I mean, why was
0: she on the train? So this is this is where I was like, did I fall asleep during this movie?
1: Because all of a sudden. Oh, she does just appear on the train. It's because she was on the boat, and then they took a truck from the boat to the train. She jumped (laughs) on the truck. They didn't show her getting on the train, because that part would probably defy... um, Logic and... uh, Logic. Physic. (laughs) But you just have to accept that it
0: happened. It felt like towards the end... They like did the thing that they do in novels, where they don't want to show a transition.
1: Like, yada yada yada, you know what happened. <laughs> so they did the We're thing. The train now.
0: They did the thing in the chapters where they just have the three asterisks to be like new scene. I'm not going to explain to you how she got from the truck onto the train, but asterisks, asterisks, asterisks. She's now on the train.
1: It's your job as the audience to fill in the blanks.
0: Before we get into the conclusions of the film, what are your thoughts, feelings, impressions? Uh, how did this film move you to
1: tears, I presume? I think the main takeaway that I have is I think I'm delighted by John Woo. I think I'm delighted by this director. This is also the uh, the gentleman who directed Face Off. These movies are siblings if not twins. Oh and yes. no notes. I I loved it. The journey that he took me on visually. Or cinematographically, as I texted to you. The choices that he made, I was just like, wow, the creativity. (laughs) Could you please describe one of these choices? Okay, so one of the ones that I texted to you while we were watching was just the random zoom in to eyes looking at something. And then a cut to something else. Another one that I really enjoyed was at some point while we're deep down in the mine, Christian Slater is looking for something. He, there's a barrel lying down. He, with both feet, hopped over the barrel, didn't see anything, and just, like, walked back around. <laughs> and his his little hop, I was just like, this is so unnecessary, but I, I love it. I <laughs> I'm just delighted
0: by it. <laughs> I also love... And this is not, I like genuinely am delighted when directors have the characters see only that which the audience who is watching the movie see, even though logically that doesn't make any sense. When they go to try to recover the nuclear weapons, they've been able to detect that they have fallen into this canyon. There's just like a Air Force guy hanging out in his helicopter and two trucks roll up. He pulls out his gun, and it, like, points it at them, and he's like, you have to get out of here. This is for the U.S. military. And the guy in front of him says, okay, I've just got to tie my shoe.
1: Oh, uh-huh, And yeah. he,
0: he bends down to tie his shoe, and behind him is a guy with a gun who then kills the military guy. But it's like, you would have seen him. Now, we didn't see <laughs> him. I just love it when the director is, like, the characters will only see what the audience can see because <laughs> it just leads to the most delightful surprise yeah, reveals. Like like gotchas. Yeah. yeah. And the, he does it very early on. So you're just like, oh, great. These characters have no peripheral vision. <laughs> they, can't, <laughs> they can't see anything besides what is directly in front of their face. I have bought into the world that you have created for me, gentlemen Woo.
1: It's that whole suspension of disbelief that is like, it is such, I know we, we've we come back to this in several episodes, but it's, it's such a careful needle to thread. And I, I really, I really feel that it was successfully done in this movie.
0: <laughs> so you said face off in this movie are cousins, if not twins. Siblings. I definitely think siblings. If siblings, if not twins. Siblings, yes. if not identical twins. Mm. I don't
1: know if I would twins. go that far. Okay. Yeah. Siblings for, for if turn. not
0: fraternal twins.
1: Yeah.
0: I also told you that the last 30 minutes of this movie are just speed.
1: Right. Yes. And yes, 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 yes.
0: And there's a reason for that. It was written by the same <laughs> screenwriter who wrote speed.
1: <laughs> who just changed out the names and some of the modes of transportation, but not all of them. <laughs> the the final the
0: final like confrontation with the villain happens on a train. He ends up under the vehicle that is, like, potentially leading them to their demise at one point. He's wearing some sort of, like, vest thing or just over, like, a white T-shirt that progressively gets dirtier and dirtier. The moment where he has to choose if he's going to get the bad guy or save the girl because the park ranger is still there. That's pretty similar. Like, the last 30 minutes of this movie was just speed on a train, not a subway. Plus nuclear weapons,
1: (laughs) and don't forget also all the gas spewing everywhere. Oh yeah, lots of gas.
0: Major plot point. Lots of gas.
1: Yeah. So this movie is like if Speed
0: and Face Off have a little baby. Yeah, if they copulated and had a tender and gentle love affair, you would get this very tender and gentle movie, Broken Arrow.
1: Yeah, and I also enjoyed Speed, so this makes perfect sense. Yeah, but I
0: will, I will say, Speed is not trash. Speed is not a trash (laughs) favorite. It's just a full favorite. It's just a favorite, yeah. It's just a period favorite. Yes. How did you feel about how erotic this film was?
1: (laughs) It was erotic in places where I absolutely was not expecting. Yes. And so I guess that was, you know, I like surprises. Okay. And when we say I I did not When we say erotic, there was no nudity in this film. (laughs) Oh no, no, no. There wasn't even a a kiss. There wasn't even a kiss in this movie. No. No. So, as you pointed out, this very um, homoerotic death scene that we get with John Travolta, (laughs) in which he is impaled with a long cylindrical nuclear weapon. The eroticism that I did not enjoy was when John Travolta was...
0: When he had, like, captured
1: Samantha Mathis? Yes. And he was trying to get her to uh, to arm the nuclear bomb. I was so uncomfortable. I have my face in both of my hands right now. Okay, so John Travolta is standing behind Samantha Mathis using his his gun to try to get her to arm this nuclear weapon. And he, like, runs it down her side while he's standing behind her and, like, lifts her arm up with his gun and, and making this, like, really, like, satisfied
0: noise and she's got full o face oh yeah oh it yeah. is like mm-hmm. super breathy the whole yes. time yeah sweating yeah it's real Ugh. it's real yeah. uncomfortable yeah. yeah and then the the eroticism is just like these two guys are obsessed with each other
1: <laughs> they are they are in They're not lo- just buddy cops yeah they're no. like a
0: lot of the dialogue is very like you want what you can't have. You wouldn't go hard enough. You wouldn't go hard enough. I didn't ask you because I knew you might say yes. Like very, like what has happened? Something happened when they were in basic training, but we are not. there's a backstory. There's a backstory here (laughs) that we are not getting. Also another, I think you called it a (laughs) heteroerotic scene. (laughs) Yeah. This is another one of those John Woo's directorial style is that cinematographically, you only see (laughs) what the... The characters only see what the audience would see. She's facing off with the bad guy, and she's got a loaded gun without a safety on, presumably, tucked in the back of her pants. And she gestures with her eyeballs to Christian Slater to, like, get the gun from the back of her pants, and he doesn't lean around her to shoot the bad guy. He shoots. He, he kneels down. He kneels down and shoots between her legs. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, after he gets the bad guy, wow. And he says something like, yeah, that was a first for me too.
1: Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> Why does it have Choosing to be? Too many people turned on
0: by guns. I wonder how much of it got inspiration from Dr. Strangelove. Because that's kind of... Famously, the Stanley Kubrick movie ends with one of the military guys riding a nuclear weapon in between his legs, like a cowboy. And it's this like nuclear weapon has been like fetishized over and sexualized over the course of the film. And then it kind of culminates in him actually riding the nuclear weapon. I wonder, like, how much of that subtly influenced this i mean i doubt john woo was like i take as my influence in this film stanley kubrick but like maybe maybe he did i don't know
1: well i had mentioned to you that it seemed like with so many close-ups on the eyes and the like where the hands are going it really felt like a, a western in some ways mm-hmm. and so maybe he's probably got all sorts of influences yeah that maybe there's like too many notes there's too many influences yeah
0: and the eyes was another thing where I was like, "Bros, you guys super love each other. <laughs> like they're just constantly." And at one point, John, into each other's eyes, John Travolta senses Christian Slater at one point, and they just yes. stare at each other. Though they, though he, though John Travolta can't see Christian Slater, they just gaze at each other across his like beautiful Southwest landscape.
1: It was very, very moving. Very, very moving. <laughs> a toxic romance i would say but yeah
0: yeah not a it's 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 not going to end well for them even if john no. travolta goes to a lot of therapy which he does need there's like several references to the fact that john travolta is not right in the head because and that's like kind of the only reason well initially that's the only reason given for why he would do this
1: right And I thought it was super obvious the whole time that I was like, oh, we got a disgruntled employee on our hands, which I, as I said to you, it just felt like a two hour PSA for treating your employees well. Um, (laughs) That he's that Christian Slater points out, he's like, you're not doing this because you're crazy and you want the money. You're doing it because you're a disgruntled employee. You should have made corporal your captain, whatever position it was years ago. And you're always talking about how you're being passed over. And then he says he's, he's crazy. So yeah, um, PSA, treat your employees well, recognize their accomplishments publicly. And maybe if, have if annual
0: performance reviews where you can talk Compliment with them, sandwich. Yes. but also where you can talk to them about what their goals are for advancement and if yes. they're feeling satisfied in their current position and how can we help you get to that next level of your career.
1: So that they don't demand $3 million from the U.S. government in return for not blowing up the city of Denver and causing radioactive I don't, hydrogen, soil, ground. I don't think it was $3 million. <laughs> million. I think it was a lot was more. Okay, because I, I, I did have a question about that because yeah. I thought I heard someone say $3 million. I yeah. was like, I feel like he should have asked for more. He yeah. doesn't know his value. <laughs> so when he, when
0: he killed one of the bad guys, he said, You just saved me three million dollars. Oh, that's what I so was So I think because oh, he was
1: gonna have to split it. He okay, was gonna have
0: to it. split the money. But I also had this thought of there are way too many people involved with this plan.
1: And they all yeah. They all seem very expendable. Like they yes. could have done it with fewer people. Yeah, they could have done it with fewer people. You were saying that that John Travolta is becoming more and more unhinged as yes. the movie continues. Yes. Which is shown as his like <laughs> His major motivation is just the fact that he's crazy. And this is where I really felt the most kinship with Face Off because I really felt like John Travolta wasn't just being his character. He was being his character with Nicolas Cage inside of him. Well, except for point of order, this movie came out before
0: Face Off. No, no, no. So, I know. I know. So that. one could say that in Face Off, he was just. Oh, uh,
1: this movie was, was the inspiration for This
0: Face-Off. movie was the inspiration <laughs> for his character in Face Off.
1: Yeah, so if nothing else, even if I decide that this trash isn't trash for me, I at least get to appreciate it for being the inspiration for Face Off. So if you thought this
0: character was John Travolta acting as John Travolta, but with Nicolas Cage inside (laughs) of him, but this actually came before Face Off, that means Face Off is John Travolta acting as John Travolta with Nicolas Cage inside of him. Oh, yeah, we've got a real
1: Russian doll situation here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and really, his character had everything. At one point, he had an accent.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I yeah, I texted you. Is he? I, I swear, in the first like twenty minutes of the movie, it sounds like he is attempting southern accent, and I don't know if that was serving a purpose. I don't know if I was making it up. Maybe I'll have to go back and watch it a second time because it didn't. It did not continue for the rest of the movie. <laughs>
0: All right. Are you ready for something that I didn't tell you I was going to do?
1: Oh yes. Oh, I'm so ready. I love surprises.
0: We are going to try to guess what we think the Rotten Tomatoes critics score okay. and okay. the Rotten Tomatoes audience score is.
1: Okay. I'm not very tuned into what goes on a Rotten. Okay. Well, so let I'm me
0: just... let me look up what the face off score is, just to give okay. you a little bit of context. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh wow! This is shocking. <laughs> Ron Tomatoes is certified fresh, my friend, with 92% what? of critics rating this movie fresh and 82% Wait. of the audience.
1: What? what? Yeah. My my mind is melting right now. For yeah. face-off?
0: Yeah, for face-off. It says... Wow. Okay, the Critic- I feel a little
1: bit justified.
0: The critics' consensus is John Travolta and Nicolas Cage play cat and mouse and literally play each other against a beautifully stylized <laughs> backdrop of typically elegant, over-the-top John Woo violence.
1: Typically over-the-top violence is also, yeah, characteristic of, of Face both, off. both siblings. Yeah, Certified so, yeah. fresh. Okay.
0: Certified fresh. Okay. So I'm Broken shocked. Arrow oh, wow, this really changes what I was going to say. I'm going to just say what I was going to say, which is I was going to say tomato meter, like the critics score is going to be 56% and that the audience score would be very high, would be 80%. See,
1: I was going to go like 45, 65, but now that you said that about face-off, I'm going to say <laughs> I'm adjusting. <laughs> was this movie, according to critics, better or worse than face-off? Worse. I'm going to say 83. Okay. And I'm going to say
0: 56. All right. Drum roll, please. Broken arrow. Ooh. Ooh. 53% critic score. 44% audience score.
1: Oh, see. I should have gotten 45, 65. Like I initially was going to. But ma'am, You you misled me.
0: I did not. I did not adjust (laughs) my score. Your own hubris misled you, my friend. Uh, but I am shocked by
1: that audience score. Which one was audience?
0: 40, 44%. Audiences disliked it more than the critics disliked it. And critics hated it. Now, granted, the tomato meter, this is only based on 34 reviews, the critics' scores.
1: Um, I believe it's pronounced Tomatometer. <laughs> On the Tomatometer,
0: only it's only thirty-four critics reviews, but the critics consensus oh, okay. is: John Woo adds pyrotechnic glaze to John Travolta's hammy performance, but fans may find Broken Arrow to be a dispiritingly disposable English language entry for the action auteur.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't that that took a good turn. That well, I think was it's not because necessary. I think
0: this is because it was one of John Woo's first English films. But, I
1: mean, sure, but you could you could say, like, big budget. Yeah. You could say <laughs> Hollywood. Like, anyway.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of budget, I'm going to look up how much this movie, how much it cost to make this movie versus how much move, money this movie made. Okay. The, the budget for this film was $50 million. 1996. And it brought in $150 million into the box office. By that standard, a success. Yes. I'm not surprised. Um also music by Hans Zimmer.
1: Oh yeah, Hans Zimmer was like one one thing that I thought about this was that John Travolta was acting his butt off. I mean, he he was very hammy, but I was into it. And I would say the same for Hans Zimmer. He was conducting his butt off. Yeah. Yeah. A highlight of his career, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing Hans Zimmer. 80% of Google users like this movie. So Okay. I'm just familiar with the tomatometer.
0: Yeah, I'm really shocked that only 44% of the audience, and there is 100,000 audience reviews, said that they...
1: I would agree that Face Off is better than this, but I wouldn't say it's twice as good. Okay, well, that leads us to our our conclusion of this.
0: Is this movie... Is Is it trash? Am I trash? Yeah. Is it trash? Are we trash? And is this movie now our trash?
1: I would say, for me personally, yes to all three. That's the journey I've gone on by <laughs> this podcast. I felt before we started that this movie is trash, and I still feel that it's trash. I felt before talking about it that I wanted to watch it again and see if, like Con Air and Face Off, I would, I, I would have that joy every time that I watch it. And the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, I'm gonna have the joy. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have the joy. You know, maybe not. Maybe, maybe the second time I'll watch, it, I'll be like, Oh, I'm bored. So many gas bills. So many exploding helicopters. But I don't think so. That I just don't think so. I just I always applaud things
0: that take a big swing. It doesn't oh, mean yeah. I'm gonna it doesn't mean I'm gonna enjoy it. Totally. But I have to like applaud them for it. And this yes. movie was just swing after swing yes. after yes. swing after swing.
1: Yeah, like I texted you in the first like eight minutes of watching, wow, John Woo is really trying something here. Yeah. And and not everything that he tried was successful, but that's okay. He, he was never swinging for stopped the trying. And he had to walk in Broken arrow so that he could run and face off. <laughs> and as I said, I appreciate that. All, yeah. the, all the swings. Well, how do you feel about this trash? Do you feel, I, I, I think that you're not as enthusiastic as I am, but we also have different kinds of trash favorites.
0: My trash favorites, I do really love. So I was actually, my original idea for this is I wondered if I could find another kind of the rundown-esque comedy mm-hmm. action film. Because that is where my trash – that's my trash lane.
1: Your sweet spot.
0: That's my sweet spot is comedy action films. And so this wasn't quite as intentionally funny as I would have enjoyed. But also – funny though. Yeah, but not intentionally.
1: (laughs) I know, but I'm going to take my laughs where I can get them. It's 2022. Yeah, but I will say I did really enjoy it. I did
0: have to sometimes like – take some breaks for snacks and things like that. Mm -hmm. But that's just like me Mm -hmm. existing as a woman in her 30s. We have a good agenda forming for the next time you and I are able to hang out in person. It's going to involve us trying to recreate the Korean fried cauliflower recipe from Innocent Gun. And it's going to include us watching this movie because – At least once. At least once. I enjoyed this trash I am not yet ready to commit myself to this as being my trash, but it is a trash that I would, that I would be interested in visiting again.
1: In the trash can of trash favorites, you're like a raccoon who's like coming back to check things out from time to time, but you're not Oscar the Grouch who lives in there.
0: But I also believe that, that my love for it could only deepen in the way (laughs) that trash draws it, draws us unto itself.
1: I thought that maybe we would find our, our three-ish things along the way. No, yeah, but, there's no... Mm-mm. But we, we didn't. But I'm so glad that we did this. But much like Broken Arrow, this podcast
0: episode was just a series of events kind of strung together. So it did, I think, it was a fitting format for the film that we're <laughs> discussing.
1: Yeah, we have done all the kinds of transportation.
0: I was talking with my friend about this, how... I could never be like an entertainment journalist because if I ever got to interview Chris Evans or Henry Cavill or in, you know, like <laughs> these very in- incredibly attractive men who play characters that are supposed to be very charming and in command and like sure of themselves and that lots of women are attracted to, because they, they, those kinds of actors they often play those roles they don't they don't play roles where they're accidentally handsome like it's like a handsomeness is like a part of their character i've always wanted to ask them so when you look in the mirror every day are you like yeah that's a good looking man or when you play a character and the handsomeness of that character is central to the character does it feel silly that you're playing a character Who is so handsome? Or do you think, yeah, this checks out. I am a handsome man. (laughs) And my friend said that I would never be allowed to ask that question, which is the only reason I am not currently an entertainment Ah. journalist. But this is also why I could never work in NFL media because every time I saw Howie Long, I would just want to ask him about (laughs) Broken Arrow.
1: (laughs) I can't believe that's how we long and I'm, every, I'm delighted and again every time every
0: time I saw Terry Bradshaw I would ask him questions about what it was like to be in the rom-com failure to launch and he'd be like please He's miss failure to
1: launch yes he
0: plays Matthew McConaughey's father and all I would want to do is be like sir I know we're at the Super Bowl but I have to talk to you about (laughs) what it felt like for you to be naked in a room with Matthew McConaughey.
1: (laughs) Please explore those feelings. Okay, well, I'm going to have to watch that movie again. I know that he was in The League, but he was playing himself.
0: Yeah, no, Terry Bradshaw in Failure to Launch is married to Kathy Bates, and they are Matthew McConaughey's parents. Okay,
1: I'll look into it. Yeah. I'm not going to watch Palm Springs. Palm Springs, yeah. If I'm you, Hannah, I will watch it. Hannah, I, 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 will watch Hannah, it. I'm I watch swear, I swear watch
0: it. <laughs> to John Wu that if you watch Failure to Launch before you watch Palm Springs, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself.
1: I don't know if that's possible because at least I know that Palm Springs is on Hulu, and I don't—I would have to <laughs> Google how to watch Failure to Launch, and that's a whole other step.
0: Hannah, you had a request of our listeners based on oh, this. Oh yeah. Do you want to? You want to pitch it for them? You want
1: to spin it, yes. baby? Often we, you know, we like to get our listeners involved in the discussion and you, you often decline to do so. And <laughs> I, I understand. I also don't get involved in discussions for podcasts that I listen to, but I am really curious about, about y'all's trash and whether we should try to make it our trash or if we try to make it, make it our trash and we don't enjoy it. If it's going to hurt your feelings, then we don't, we don't have to do that. But If there's anything, any trash that you want us to watch, movie, TV, or if you've got some trash books that we should read, please let us know, because we really enjoy trash. I think that in the year of our Lord 2022, we just need more things to to enjoy. So please get at us on our social medias and our emails, or our text messages if you have our phone numbers. Which are not publicly
0: available, so don't try to find them.
1: That's for friends and family only. Yeah. Uh, So
0: as Hannah said, if you have trash favorites, we want them. We would like to know what they are because we would like potentially to ferret around in them and make them our trash favorites. You can share those with us. We'll probably put some polls up or put questions up on both Instagram and Twitter requesting your trash favorites. Both places we are at well Here Pod, And you can also email us your trash favorites, uh, email us your trash movie, TV, book favorites. If you have a trash play or musical, heck, throw that in there too. Our email address is WellHearPod at gmail.com. And don't for- forget to go to wherever you get your podcasts and click that Please Do Not Shoot at the Thermonuclear Weapons button, which you might know as a follow button. And until next time... I'm Suzanne, and my mind has taken a walk off the map.
1: And I'm Hannah, and I've got a head full of bad wiring. And well, it's too real. It's too real.
0: And well, here we are. Evergreen, evergreen. I see a mother there, a lover and a
1: child. I know a come take away their lives.